You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back, everyone, for our second hour of Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Father Jason Leffer joining me, Father James Gross, from our Grand Fork Studios. This is a uh, hectic time of year as there are a lot of events happening, not only with graduations, but um, an abbreviated spring sports season is coming to a close. We get a lot of regional tournaments for track, baseball, softball, a lot of these things, a lot of countdowns for seniors in high school of their final days. Uh, you know, there's a, there, there's a lot of ink being spilled on the calendar this time of year, isn't there? There, there is. Yeah, I know uh, Trinity uh, High School in Dickinson and uh, they graduated last Sunday. My, oh, my yes. nephew graduated. Okay. I'm very proud of him, and they're having their state track meet this weekend. So, yeah. Yes, yes, yep. indeed. And actually, our neighbors to the east, the Diocese of Crookston, they have a transitional deacon being ordained uh, to the priesthood this Saturday at uh, the cathedral there in Crookston. Uh, John Woletsky, who is going to be uh, the parochial vicar at Sacred Heart Parish just across the river here in East Grand Forks. And uh, the students there are uh, looking forward to having him as... Um, as as a uh, a chaplain and an instructor so there are a lot of interesting things coming up a lot of irons in the fire and uh, we have with us as our next guest a priest of the archdiocese of st louis who is joining us on the phone uh father michael renier uh welcome to real presence live well, thank you for having me father i appreciate yeah, it i hope i didn't pr- uh, butcher your last name too badly there no, that's that's perfect. We're in the Midwest. So you just say it with a with a, a drawl. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Well, before we get into the content of this uh, latest book that you have published, uh, please um, introduce yourself to our listeners and give us a little bit of a background on your journey. I understand it's a kind of a, a it's an interesting story with some twists and turns to it. <laughs> I'm told it's interesting. I'll let you all judge for yourself. <laughs> uh, I'm. <laughs> I'm from St. Louis. I was born here uh, into a Pentecostal family, or or sort of a a charismatic uh, family, and and I grew up going to a a big mega church. Uh, uh, And then I went to Oral Roberts University, and Oral Roberts is a a televangelist who was very successful. Out in Tulsa, Oklahoma. It's down in Tulsa. Yeah, the campus is funny. It looks like the Jetsons built it, Uh, (laughs) because I I think it was Oral Roberts's dream of what the future would look like. There's a lot of gold, and there's a space needle on the campus. It was it was surreal to be there. But uh, <laughs> yeah, during during my time there, I uh, I ended up converting because of a, a number of reasons, and, and I go into that actually in, in some detail in my book, The Forgotten okay. Language, um, uh, and it became Episcopalian. Uh, and then after that, I went to an Episcopalian seminary. I went to, to Yale. Divinity School up in Connecticut. Yeah. Uh, spent about three years there. It was that was interesting. So I went from being a very sheltered, homeschooled Midwestern, you know, boy, and then I go to New England. And Ivy the League, church and, right? Yeah, Ivy League. <laughs> the Episcopal Church was very different, right? To put it yeah. mildly, from what I thought it was <laughs> when I was in Oklahoma. And so God had tricked me. You know, it's like uh, the prophet Jeremiah. Like, God, you, you, you duped me. <laughs> you know? so, so I get into the midst of a very, very theologically progressive atmosphere at Yale Divinity School. Right. Uh, which, which for me personally, looking back on it, was good for me. Because I needed that broadening. I needed to learn patience. 
I needed to learn empathy, how to listen to other people without judging them, but still understand what my beliefs were. So it was a very uh, good experience for my, my spiritual growth, I think. Um, but I, I was there in 2003 to 2006, which is exactly when the Episcopal Church was, was splitting apart uh, over marriage issues. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up uh, sliding into something called the Anglican Church in North America. Uh, and I was ordained for them as, as a pastor, an Anglican pastor. Uh, I planted a couple churches in Cape Cod, Massachusetts, lived a couple miles from the beach, uh, loved my parishioners, I was suffering, you know, for, for our Lord. <laughs> and, uh, and over time, slowly began to discern that the Catholic Church is the church. Realized I needed to convert. Uh, at this time, I, I've been married for a while. Uh, I have six kids today. At the, at the time, I had three. And not everyone knows this, but the Catholic Church has a, a little-used exception that Pope St. John Paul II created in the early 1980s to allow uh, formerly Anglican clergy to convert and then possibly be ordained as Catholic priests, even are, though are, uh, we, we might be married. Father Michael, are you familiar with Father Gregory Lockwood? From so everyone asked me that because he was here in right. St. Louis, but we were basically two ships in the night. Okay. So, yeah, when he was in the <laughs> archdiocese, he was right as I was. Yeah, he was a professor of mine in seminary, and very, yeah. very, very inspiring man. Yeah. Yeah, everyone, everyone here loves him. His, one of his daughters attends mass with me fairly regularly. Okay. Yeah, so you so, ended he, up. He was in, he was in a ahead, similar please. situation. Yeah. So I ended up being. Uh, I, I came back to St. Louis when I converted. My wife and I we converted, so we came back here, and then we were ordained. I was ordained. Um, as a, as a Catholic priest for the Archdiocese here in 2016. I've been here ever since. So, so Father Michael, could I ask you, like, so as I'm, as I'm listening to the, you know, this incredible journey that you've been on, how, how, how do you go from the, the, the kind of the spiritual Pentecostal expression of Christianity to more incarnational, uh, sacramental expression? What, 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 would, what were the connecting points to go from, from, from your childhood to your adulthood? That, what were some of the, those key things that opened your mind? So the, it was essentially beauty. I, I, just, I tell people, look, I, I, don't, I don't really have a, a specific you know, sentence in the catechism or a certain church father who I, I read, and all of a sudden I, I understood the truth. Um, I'm not that smart. So, uh, you know, the, the really dense theological um, arguments, I acknowledge they exist, but I don't understand all of them. So, so a lot of converts will give you a much more substantive mm-hmm. answer than me. But really what I was converted by was the beauty of the, of the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. Yeah. So when I was a Pentecostal, it was, it's a very emotive experience. Uh, it's a lot of praise and worship music, and the way they try to enter into the presence of God is, is through appealing to the emotions. Um, and, and I find that I find that very difficult because I'm uh, I'm an introvert, and so these these really outward expressions of faith I struggled with. I didn't know how to pray uh, because there was a lack of form. Uh, and then I tried to make up for that by becoming very, very intellectual. I tried, I tried to reason my way into faith, and I struggled with that as well, because there's always something more to learn. And, and I was learning that I didn't know very much, and there was always someone in the room smarter than me. And so 
to be a good Christian, it, it can't be based on the emotions which come and go, and it also can't be based on intellectual aptitude, because some of the greatest saints, some of the best Christians I know, have a wisdom that goes well beyond book learning. Uh, so for me, it, then it became, well, what is it that, where is it that I'm experiencing God in a really authentic way? And the answer was through contemplative prayer, uh, through the holy sacrifice of Mass and this beauty, this authentic beauty that I couldn't argue with. And when I was in the presence of that beauty, I understood that this, all this beauty was reflecting to the transcendent. God, who is beauty himself. Mm-hmm. And so ultimately, it was simply the experience of sitting in a room with other, with Catholics, right, and, and even as an outsider, not yet Catholic yet, and see how beautiful the Catholic Church is when she's at prayer. In addition to that, Father, I'm thinking of, uh, just to kind of chime in on something, uh, this is one of the themes that Bishop Barron often picks up with regard to beauty, and I think he's speaking more about the um, the heritage of fine arts, whether it be stained glass sculpture, you know, music, things like that, about how that is um, an effective evangelical tool, you might say, within the Catholic uh, milieu, especially for people who are from, let's say, uh, a uh, non-denominational uh, background where Uh, there's not a lot of that, you know, you're in a nondescript auditorium with a stage and, you know, musical instruments and maybe a podium and and things like that. So, you know, as as you were speaking, Father uh, Leffer, also about that more incarnational, you know, reality about um, the sacraments and and not just in a trivial manner of the smells and bells, but, uh, you know, the the language. And I think that brings us into uh, a lot of the topic here. We'll be taking a break in just a couple of minutes, but if we could just introduce some of the um, uh, some some of the uh, the main thesis statements, you might say, that go into um, uh, the importance of the poetics, uh, how that influences faith. Could you just uh, talk about that term as uh, you are using it, and and uh, what it means in the context of your of your latest book? Sure. So so poetics. It's related to poetry, but it's it's related more broadly to all the things you just mentioned, which is which is beauty more broadly and the beauty of our lives. Um, but poetics, uh, or understanding what is the poetics of the mass, it's really trying to drill down to well, what does it mean to go to the mass and and to encounter a transformative event, to to encounter the person of Jesus Christ. And it's him and him alone who is being communicated by the Mass. It's a personal relationship. And to sit in his presence and allow him to, uh, to, to remake us into his image. So it's a form of knowledge that try, it's trying to figure out, well, what is it that makes the world so beautiful, that makes my life so meaningful? And, and why is it all coming from this source, the holy sacrifice of the Mass? Very good. That sounds like a great place for us to just kind of pause for a moment as we have to uh, step aside for a break. And, and we're um, uh, you know, kind of wetting our interest here with uh, this book from our guest, Father Michael Rainier, The Forgotten Language. And we'll dive into more of these themes that you help us to uncover with this. And we'll be back on the other side of this break. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network.
Are you thinking about making a gift to Real Presence Radio now or in the future? The easiest and best way to help further our work is with a gift of cash or a gift of stock. These two types of gifts have an immediate impact on our mission. We can begin using the resources you provide to further our mission of evangelization right away. Experience the joy of giving. Call Mike at 701-290-4503 or visit our website at rprlegacy.org. Thanks for your prayerful consideration. What if you could earn a degree that offers the best of both worlds, an MBA and a master's degree in philosophy? The University of Mary offers one degree that combines world-class business training with a careful study of life's deepest questions through their combined MBA, MA, and philosophy program. By earning one degree in both philosophy and business online, you will rigorously engage the big ideas needed to address professional challenges. Visit catholicprofessional.life. I think it was, it was my sophomore year of college that Focus showed up to the campus. And I still remember after one of the Sunday Masses, uh, one of the missionaries came up to me and was like, hey, you, not knowing who I am, saying, do you want to be in a Bible study? And I'm like, no. And he's like, okay, well, that's great. Uh, you can sign your name up anyway, and maybe you'll change your mind later. I'm like, excuse me, I don't think you get this. No, I don't. But like the next day he shows up in my dorm room. He's like, so we're meeting tomorrow night can't wait to see you there okay so that was the beginning <laughs> that's the beginning of my then I you know I show up at the study and I realize it's like okay uh, these are just ordinary guys you know guys that maybe the, they themselves are not quite sure why they're there and I think that's what God often asks for us is just even if we don't want to open the door all the way or if we're skeptical or a little bit like God I'm not sure what's going on here I don't I don't like this but God's like okay I can work with that but just give me a little bit so that's what I did so you're listening to real presence live on the real presence radio network join the conversation on our facebook page or on twitter and be sure to like and follow us for more great catholic content now back to the show Welcome every welcome back everyone to Real Presence Live on a Thursday. Father James Gross joined by Father Jason Leffer, and we are joined by Father Michael Rainier as he's going to tell us a little bit more about the topics in his book uh, recently released called The Forgotten Language. Um, it's a it's a fabulous it's a it's a, um, uh, a kind of a fantastic story in terms of uh, how he got to where he is. Uh, Father grew up in a Pentecostal family, uh, ended up. Uh, becoming Episcopalian, was uh, ordained as an Anglican priest uh, with a lovely wife and family, and uh, had a conversion to the Catholic faith and was ordained a priest for the Archdiocese of St. Louis. Uh, tell us a little bit about the work that you are currently doing. Are you in an academic role, a pastoral role? Sure. I'm, I'm currently the pastor uh, of a parish church here in St. Louis called Epiphany of Our Lord. Uh, okay. Love love the parish, love the people here. Um, and then I, I, I spend a lot of time writing, probably too much writing. <laughs> um, I'm on the editorial board of a little Catholic uh, um, literary magazine called Dappled Things Magazine, which I think is doing really, really good work. Um, so if anyone wants to submit your fiction or your poems to us, we're happy to read them. Uh, and then I write for various other places around the Internet. So I have a weekly column uh, at a place called Alatea. Uh, uh, yes. And actually, yeah, I actually get to write on lifestyle 
parenting, not not theology, which is a it's kind of fun to do. So I write a lot about parenting and, and how yeah. bad of a father I am. And <laughs> right, right, and and that website uh, they really try to celebrate things about uh, you know living uh, a Catholic life and putting it into action, not necessarily your nuts and bolts ap- apologetics, but uh, the experience of that uh, wherever one finds oneself. So. Yeah, and that's, that's really right down my, my alley, because one of the points I try to make through the story I tell in The Forgotten Language, my book, is that this stuff, it, it all comes from the Mass. So the Mass is the heart of, of our faith, and it's where God really recreates us and, and if you will, transfigures us into his image. Um, but then you take all that out into your daily life, and you make your life beautiful, and it's all it's all meaningful. Everything... That you do, whether you're a mother or a father, or you have a, a job, you know, you do your job well, or your hobbies, the things that matter to you matter to God also. And it's this sacramental vision of, of our lives. So the uh, I'd recommend our listeners to go, actually go to Amazon for, check out this book, The Forgotten Language, and go to the review section. Uh, Father Michael, you get you get nothing but five-star reviews on this book. This is incredible. So here, here's some, I'm going to pull some... Um, some some things out here that people have said. This is a dangerous book, <laughs> the good kind of dangerous book. Okay, it, it, he says here, uh, uh, Father Michael not only baptizes the reader into the Holy Catholic Mass, but also into the beauty of creation, love, scripture, language, poetry, the human desire to make life itself beautiful. This is coupled with his vivid and playful writing uh, style. He is clearly a master of the English language and makes this a decidedly quick yet truly inspirational read. I especially recommend this to my brother priest, and that's from Anthony Gerber, who must be a, a priest as well. And all I know is by going through these reviews, I'm excited to read this work, Father. And the reason is every one of the people who have reviewed it, they've said it's transformed their relationship with with God, the relationship with God in the, the sacrifice of the Mass. So tell us this concept of poetics, and and you said, okay, I'm not the most intellectual. Okay, wh- what is it? Why why are people so excited to read this book? What is happening when they, what are they encountering in the forgotten language? Yeah, that's that's very humbling. I think what they're they're encountering is less, less the, the cleverness of my argument and more that I'm trying to point them towards the transcendent nature of the Mass, um, that, that the beauty really matters, and that um, through the Holy Sacrifice, the Mass, God, my Father, our Creator, is pouring so much of His love into the world, and that, that love can, can be overwhelming. Uh, and I think of that creativity, so that's that's where the poetics comes into it, this idea of what does it mean to be creative, to be created, to, to be remade. It's grace, right? It's all grace. It's a super abundance of it. And God's love that's being communicated to us is so majestic that it's, it's like it doesn't quite fit into this world, and it causes us to yearn for heaven. And so poetics, the beauty, it, it naturally brings us to dwell on the things of heaven. So it's a sacramental worldview, and it has the mass at the heart of it. It's, it's where we are, where we are remade. And knowing this, it becomes very clear why the mass itself, when you go to it, it's so full of this poetic beauty, these dense, mysterious symbols, because it's speaking a different kind of a language than our everyday functional language. Mm-hmm. So, so, like today, for example, the the feast of the Ascension, and you get these concepts come to you like 
the the cloud, him disappearing into the sky. O men of Galilee, why why are you gazing, why are you gazing up here? And or the Lord's last line, do you not know that I will remain with you till the end of time? Like what what? How would you take something like that and help us understand uh, this concept of poetics? Yeah, so the ascension is, is like right, it's this really beautiful miracle by which God, or our Lord, is he's essentially enthroning humanity at the right hand of the Father, which is amazing if you think about it, that he's taking our humanity with him. He's, he's still a divine person, even at the right hand of the Father in heaven. And so he's, he's taking our everyday experience, and he's, he's linking it to this, this heavenly reality, um, showing that everything that we do um, has, has this mysterious connection with, with, with eternity. Um, and I, I think that's so powerful once you start to really think that through, what that means. And I, I think the saints really intuitively understand this, which is why they're so happy, right? They just want to do the will of God, and they love doing it. And as they become more saintly, more holy, they become more uniquely themselves. And that's really a poetic transformation. So if you think of just just a you know a, a poem, uh, a red rose, or the poet might write a red, about a red rose, but that's not what he's talking about, right? He's ta- he's talking about love, undying love. Or maybe, so Gerard Manley Hopkins, who's a, who's a priest, who was also a really amazing poet, he has this poem about watching a bird fly through the sky. But he's not talking about, about a bird. He's, he's telling us about the activity of the Holy Spirit, who's inscribing grace, you know, into our world. And that's what poems do, they're the poetic. It takes a unique, specific thing, or it takes you and me, right, with, with exactly who you are, um, and it connects us with this universal communion of saints, this universal love of Christ. So, like the example at you know at the ascension after the after the gospel, traditionally the the Easter candle is snuffed out, and you see this the smoke billowing up, and and and, and so it's like you know the flame disappears from your sight, and yet his last word is, "I remain with you uh, until the end of time." So you have you're sitting there in the midst of this divine liturgy and your senses are telling you I can't see it anymore but his word is saying I, I actually remain with you even though you can't see me and so it through poetics I guess you'd say it's, it's taking it's challenging you to go to deeper place of seeing than just with your eyes yeah absolutely that's exactly what it is it's a form of knowledge that begins in our imagination so you go to mass and you see something. You, you see the Easter candle, you see it being snuffed, you smell the incense, you see the stained glass, you taste the host on your tongue. And God works through the imagination to build this form of knowledge that then we, we convert into interior knowledge. That, okay, well, the flame, the flame is in my heart, the flame is the Holy Spirit enlivening me and, and making this connection. And, and the, the smell of the incense Right? It's about making my life a fragrant offering to God. And, and so we begin to build this form of knowledge that comes about purely through participation in the Mass. Uh, and what I've seen in my, in my parish is that the kids really, really love this. So they intuitively start to figure it out, like why the Mass has is, is become this all-encompassing um, spiritual reality. And then you can 
teach them later, well, this is the meaning of the symbol. But they've kind of figured it out before I even say anything, which I think is really amazing to watch. I can't help but think of the example, especially for small children, of catechesis of the Good Shepherd, as they uh, are taking upon themselves kind of miniature forms of the, you know, the vessels, the vestments, the various things used at the Mass, and not not as just a a means of play, but as, you know, the appreciation of what is happening in a a smaller scale through their senses as well. You know, and I'm thinking too, just like about what you're describing there, taking the catechesis of the Good Shepherd, talking about the children how it affects them i mean really father what you're you're challenging us is to go from a concrete way of thinking to an abstract way of thinking not 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 that you're going to become less connected to god but even more so like a little child they have to touch they have to feel they're concrete thinkers it's not till you're like a teenager or young adult that you become an abstract thinker where you can go from the the physical reality of something to the the deeper spiritual reality and so I guess what I hear you saying, Father Michael, is that we're th- this book is going to give us a doorway to go from being practical. I experienced myself sitting in a pew in a church to actually being elevated to deeper form of contemplation. Yeah, I, I hope so, and I, I see those two as always being connected. You really need them both. You need the, the concrete expression, the imaginative expression of the faith, and then you also need to have some theological underpinning to it, which would be the, the abstract. Excellent. So um, the the review that we looked at a few minutes ago was something where um, uh, the reviewer said that uh, priests, as they're going on their annual retreat, he would recommend that they bring this book. Um, what uh, what other kinds of groups do you have in mind as most uh, suitable uh, did, as you were writing uh, The Forgotten Language that uh, you were really hoping that uh, this gets into their hands? Yeah, I would love if priests appreciate it and find it helpful. Um, I really wrote it, though, for a, a popular audience. So there definitely are sections that can be challenging, but it's, it's not, you don't have to have a theology degree to understand, um, you know, what I'm, what I'm talking about. And a lot of the book yeah. is, is trying to show how it, it practically changed my life, you know, almost against my own uh, will, right? So it's not right. like I, I became Catholic because I'm so smart or, <laughs> you know, so so good at, you know, thinking through catechetical questions. But yeah. it, it was really God reaching down and mm-hmm. by grace um, and through poetic beauty um, bringing me into the Church. Well, the name of the book is The Forgotten Language, Father Michael Rainier. Thank you so much for taking the time to visit with us. Um, blessings to your family and your parishioners and your continued ministry. I appreciate that, Father. Thank you. Thank you. Well, after the break, we're going to be visiting with someone who will uh, remind us of the the wonders, the importance of natural family planning, and the place that this has within a marriage relationship. Uh, we'll do that right after the break. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Live, engaging, and local. This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 